jargon term today is positive reinforcement. Okay, this is something that I think a lot of people talk about it, but uh, it's very easy to get it wrong. So let's take an opportunity to look at what our actual definition for positive reinforcement is. Positive reinforcement uh, is strengthening a behavior by providing a consequence an individual finds re rewarding, thus making it more likely that the individual will engage in the behavior again. Now, as our definitions go, this is a pretty accessible one, right? Um, you go, okay, it strengthens the behavior. I don't you know, are we doing push-ups here? Um, but it, somebody finds it rewarding and it makes it more likely that they'll engage in the behavior again. Let's go ahead and look at our working definition and then we'll kind of take it apart. So our working definition, positive reinforcement is the addition of a reward following a desired behavior. And I really emphasize the addition because later on in the week, we're gonna talk about negative reinforcement, which is not what you think it is. I'm just gonna say that, and it's gonna be a cliffhanger you'll have to turn in, uh, tune in on Thursday. But okay, positive reinforcement, we really always wanna think of the positive sign, right? Which means you're adding. And when we add, we bring something else to it, right? So for positive reinforcement, we're adding something some sort of a reward, and it comes as a consequence for a desired behavior. So we've talked before on the show about the three-term contingency, right? Um, that there are three parts to any behavior, the A, the B, and the C. So the A is the antecedent, what happened before the behavior. Then there's the B, which is the actual behavior, and the C, which is the consequence. And remember, we think mistakenly that we, we should control the behavior, control the behavior, you know, we need to get in there and, you know, do this to the behavior, right? Except that that's kind of foolhardy because we really don't have all that much control over anyone's behavior except our own. And sometimes it feels like we don't have control over our own, right? Um, you know, the child is, is sitting there and this is why we get frustrated. The child is sitting there and sticking their hair in their mouth. And what do we say to them? Don't do that. Stop that. Stop doing that, right? And then we try to pull their hand away and then it gets into this tug of war. If they really want to do it, it's really hard to change the behavior. But here's the good news. There's so much control over the antecedent and there's so much control over the consequence, right? So when we are doing positive reinforcement, we're sort of take, we're stepping in and we're taking control over the consequence of something. So when we see a behavior that we like, we give the consequence for it of something that's really, really rewarding. And it's so rewarding that it makes it more likely that the person will engage in the behavior again. Now, this is the sticky part about positive reinforcement. It's only a positive reinforcer if it does make the behavior happen more often. This is where we get off track all the time as human beings, right? The, you know, I might think to myself, oh, you know what I'd like? You know what I would like? I would like it if I, you know, I came home and the house was vacuumed. That's what I would like. So I mistakenly think, well, that's probably what my husband would like too. I know before he comes home from work, I'm gonna vacuum the living room rug to make him happy. Except guess what? That's not what's reinforcing to him. That's what's reinforcing to me. And if, you know, if I want my husband to come home and be in a good mood and I vacuumed the rug for it going, it's reinforcing to me, but it's not to him. It's not going to make it more likely that he comes home in a good mood. I just wasted my time, right? 
And it's the same thing with our kids on the autism spectrum. It's the same thing with everything in life. If it, it has to be reinforcing enough to them in order to make the behavior happen more often. Otherwise, it's not a true reinforcer. So, you know, none of us are mind readers, right? We have to ask people what is reinforcing to them, but sometimes even people don't know what's reinforcing to them. The truth is, it, we use ABA, because these are the principles of ABA, we use ABA in all different kinds of contexts now, and they use it a lot in offices. Uh, to try to get more productivity out of people. And over the years, they've discovered, you know, they can give a survey and say, what would help you to want to do more of your job and do it better? And people will write in and say all kinds of things. Well, I want, I want more money. Uh, I want more X, Y, and Z, right? I want, I want a bar with cereal in it in the snack room. That's what I want. That's what I would find to be reinforcing. But then they did studies on it to find out that the cereal really isn't the thing that's reinforcing to people. And honestly, you know, money is reinforcing for people up to a certain amount. But the thing that they found that really ensures that people will stay at their job and do a better job, it's usually time off. Right? So it's important to know what thing is really reinforcing. It's only reinforcing if it makes the behavior happen more often. If it's not making the behavior happen more often, then it is not reinforcing enough. Okay? So positive reinforcement, we're adding something that's truly rewarding to the individual that makes it more likely that they will do that behavior again.